Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Welcome again to another Sunday. It's a privilege. Happy New Month. Happy New Month, everybody. It's the month of March. (laughs) It's the month of March. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Today, today we're going to be, we're still on the parables. Um, thank you, Mecca. Thank you, Dara. They did an awesome job. Dara was trying to preach my message. Our topic today is the 11th hour. The 11th hour. And it's from Matthew 20, and we're going to read it together. I'll do one, you do the other one. Matthew 20 from verse 1 to 16. Please let me know when it's on the screen. Matthew 20, 1 to 16. I'll do one, you do two, till we get to 16. Perfect. Okay. So one, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard too. And he went out and in the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. They said to him, because no one hired us, he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive it. And when those, and when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Twelve. But when he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? 14. Fifteen. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is it your eye evil because I am good? And 16. So the last will be the first and the first will be the last. For many are called the few chosen. Spirit of living God, welcome into the space. Take me out of the equation, oh God, and let it be all about you. Father, give everyone here their heart desires. Meet them at the point of their need. Father, every expectation here shall not be cut short. 
Father, change my word if you have to, to meet the needs of your people. Daddy, take me out of the equation. And I put you, oh God, as the X and the Y. In Jesus' mighty name I have prayed. So, today's topic, like I said, is the 11th hour. Quick example, just to lighten up the mood a bit. Who has been in traffic before and, like, it's a, maybe like a four-lane traffic and you just decide that, okay, this is my lane is slow, I decide to change lane, and the moment you change lane, the other lane starts to move. Oh, that's personal. <laughs> Perfect. Hmm. I will bring back that back to context. Reading this story, there were some questions that came to me. I don't, I don't know if many people are familiar with this parable. It was Jesus talking to and just teaching them, you know, Jesus and his many wonderful, multiple meaning parables. And I thought about some things. And the first thing I thought about was the laborers that were um, chosen at the 11th hour, were they not there at the first hour? Were they not there at the second? Because they were told they went back. Were they not there at the sixth hour? Were they not there at the ninth hour? So why did he choose them at the eleventh hour? Just write down these questions because we're going to do this together because I still don't understand some things. But the Holy Spirit will help us. The second question that I thought uh, about was how did he know that they've been there all day? If he didn't, if he, why didn't he choose them in the first hour, second hour, and I had to wait till the eleventh hour? And so let's say that okay, he didn't, they were not there at the first, second hour. Then how did he know that they've been waiting all day? What if they just showed up at the tenth hour? So let's break down the first question. It says, why didn't the estate owner pick them at the first hour? And the first thing that that came to me was. What if they did not look like they needed the job by the first hour? What if they were there, but they didn't look desperate enough for the job? And sometimes some of us are in need of something. And we've prayed about it, but we're not desperate enough for God to give you that, that thing that you're asking for. In Matthew, I know Mark Luke has a different um, story. When Ma- Matthew, there were two blind men. I think Mark said one, but there were two blind men in Matthew. They were running after Jesus, and they were saying, Son of David, have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus didn't answer them the first time, all up to the point where they followed him to where he was going, and then Jesus turned back and said, Do you have faith? And I thought to myself, why did Jesus let them follow him up to that point before turning back to answer them? He was looking for persistence. He asked them, do you have faith? You know, just bring something to me now. They might act, there's actually a difference between faith and persistence. Some people are persistent but don't have faith. They might just, they just keep asking. Maybe it's, it's, it's become the norm in their prayer list to just keep asking. But there's one thing to actually believe God will do it. There's another thing to believe God can do it. 
And faith is not, faith is not you want him, you're not, you, you, faith is you believe that he can actually do it. And so when persistence meets faith, then your request will be answered. And so I thought to myself, probably these guys did not look desperate enough for the job. Or, second point, probably they were not even there. Sometimes we want God to give us something, but we're not where God is supposed to meet us at to give us that thing. Some of us want a job, but we've not equipped ourselves enough for that job. I mean, God is not going to give you something that he knows you're going to wish away. You know, I was talking to um, the co-execs um, on Tuesday, and I said something. I said, most of us, we're talking about relationships, stuff, and marriage, and I said, most of us are looking for uh, the perfect man or the perfect woman. And I'm saying, God is not going to give his precious child to you as a wreck. God is not going to do so much work on his son or his daughter and mold her so beautiful and get her to do all of those work and all of those special times with him to give it to you who don't even pray. So it's important that God has to meet us at a particular point for some request to be answered. Probably the estate, the, the landowner has been coming, but they were not there. They just decided to show up at the 10th, 11 hour. But we'll get to that. The second question was, how did he know that they've been there all day? So let's just say he didn't. He came first, second hour. He didn't see them. Probably he didn't notice them. And I think the one point I think I've mentioned is that they must have looked desperate. They must have looked tired. They must have looked, they were done. They were like, this is it. And if we look at the 11th hour, if we look at another translation of 11th hour, it was like 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. So work started at 9, and they were employing some people at 4 p.m. We need to be desperate for that request to be answered. And this is, I'm not talking of praying, God, Father, let me wake up tomorrow morning. I'm talking of prayers that will change your generation. A level of desperation has to meet that kind of prayer. You have to really want it. And sometimes you might not encounter God at that at the time where everything looks like it's a river of living waters and everything is shining. No. You might actually encounter God when you're in your lowest, when you're in poverty, when you're in walking through the valley of the shadow of death, where you're encountering poverty or, or sickness. Because I think it's it's become almost become a law of the world now that most of us don't become desperate until something is missing in our bodies. Until something is missing or something that we're supposed to have or we see that others are actually having, but because we don't have it, we become desperate in asking. I was saying this, I think the last two times I preached, I said, I'm not the best of preachers. I'm probably not the best of prayers. There are most people, some people sit there here that can probably do this more than I can. But because we see that some people have been selected to do the job. We decide not to brush up our skill, our, our gift, work on our, the gifting that God has given us because we think it's for an assigned set of people. And those set of people are not praying. They've forgotten their own personal life, forgotten everything because they're trying to serve a bunch of people that have the same gift. The Bible, when Jesus was going, they said greater things than these, greater things than Jesus did are we all going to do, not a particular set of people. 
The disciples had their own separate giftings, and they used their... It wasn't... Yeah, there were some people who were naturally going to be leader, but they're not going to solely carry the responsibility of everybody. We see how those um, general overseers literally don't have lives because we have a bunch of people who've turned them to God and don't want to exercise their access to God. I digress. Why, and I thought to myself, so the, the guys that eventually were hired probably looked tired. Probably been standing in the sun or sitting on the floor and look famished and look. I'm not even going to need you. I, mean, I have people that have been working all morning and you're just going to work one hour for the same pay. And I thought to myself that why would the estate owner pick people that look like that? And I thought to myself, grace. Grace. Oh, many of us are riding on grace. It was grace that made somebody who doesn't even, because it doesn't need them. If you think about it, it doesn't need them. Because what they have done, what our people have been doing all day, like literally, I'll probably pay you a quarter of the pay, but it was going to pay them the same amount. And I thought about the grace. And then I thought about why did Jesus even make this, say the story in the first place? And he was trying to teach them what it's like in the kingdom. And he said, sometimes the people who have been in Christianity all their lives and people who just got, got born again like an hour before Jesus came. And we all make heaven. But if we go, if we really say Matthew, Jesus said that some people will get time for judgment and they will say but father I, I casted out demons in your name I did this in your name and Jesus will say but I do not know you the two conditions to make everyone is following the will of the father and that's believing in Christ, believing that God is God and obedience Jesus said that and that is what makes a Christian qualify for heaven, not a Christian, a Christian. Because there's Christian and there's Christian if we think about it. And so that's where grace, that's where Jesus was explaining to them what grace means. The estate owner saw oh, people that might not benefit him, but grace spoke on their behalf. Then I, now, I broke it down and I thought about it and I said, what was Jesus trying to teach us? Because I'm sh everything in the Bible was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And there's something for us to learn from it, even though it would not be in the Bible. And then the first thing I, that, I, that came to me was, it's not how far, but how well. It's not about how many things you've done. It's not about stacking. Because if we think about it, all the good works that they, we do, the healing of the sick is for us. It's not for God. The one that is for God is when you obey his will and do the things he has said, then you're doing things for God. But when you heal the sick, you're doing it for yourself. So you're trying to help someone feel better. You're praying for them. God is answering it, but it's not beneficial to him. And so we should not forget that as much as we're doing the things of God and we're serving and we're ex establishing our gift, which will help us fulfill purpose. That purpose itself is what is for God that we need to do. 
A friend was giving me an example um, some days ago. He said that most of us, that just an example, he said an old woman gives a young boy, maybe the young boy brought like an idea to him, and an old woman gave him some money. Go establish this idea. And the first year, the guy just says, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for one year. Second year, it goes back, thank you. And the woman's like, I don't need your thank you. I want to see the root. The, the, I want you to reap what I've given. I want to see the reward, the return of the money I have given you. Most of us are still saying thank you to God. And it's like, okay, I'm, you are welcome. I've created you. Now, why did I create you? Because that's the best thank you we can give to God. Fulfilling that reason, he has placed us in the location we're in right now. In the city, in the state, in the country. And not spend our time trying to change location. The second point. Stop the comparison. If we go down to the story that we both read. I made sure we read it together. So we both read it. The... The guys that have been there for since morning came and they're like, but um, first of all, there were a bunch of people that went to meet him. First, evil company. Working together. And it, reminded, it reminds me of the story of the ten lepers that Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest. And then when they found out they were clean, only one of them went back to say thank you. A bunch of people gathered themselves and said, okay, let's go meet this estate owner and ask why. Some, probably some of them in that group didn't even know what they were going to do. But it was a bunch of people, so we are plenty. So if they insult all of us, it's, it's together. And they went and they said, but we've been here all morning. And they just employed, he just brought in someone who's been here for just an hour. And then the person, and they get all these complaints and all of that. And just got me thinking, thank you, Holy Spirit, that it's, these guys are for, don't know the amount of time those guys have waited to get employed. They waited in the sun. They probably don't even think they were going to get it. They've probably even given up. They came first hour, second hour, and they're like, I don't think we're going to get a job today. Most, maybe that's the only money they were waiting for to feed. But you see a bunch of people who are, who are not grateful for where they are and what they have. They only, the first hour, they already got the job. Some people already got their prayer at the first hour. They didn't have to wait till the 10th hour. And then they see somebody else who, has, who prayed and toiled till the 11th hour. And then God gave them and you're angry at the person's blessing. And you didn't have to sweat for what you have. The worst thing that for a Christian to do is to compare. That's the worst thing you can do to yourself because you don't know the full story. You don't see God's side, as Pastor would say. You don't see God's side of the story. You only see what you can see. I saw a picture of an apple online, and then the apple was, was I think it was already beaten, a part of it, but the other side of it was what was facing the mirror. And then I'm like, people look at this mirror and see a full apple. And they don't know the other side is half of it. And so most of us don't see the other side of the story. These guys don't know how long these guys have been waiting to get a job. 
and yet they come and complain because they are paid exact same thing. And I'm, I love the guy's answer. Like, it's not your money. The third point. The first point it says it's not how far but how well. The second point says stop the comparison. And the third point says you are in the 99. What are you doing to stay in the 99? What type of attitude do you have that might actually kick you out of the 99? Some people are envious of the one. And you are, you are in the 99. A clean thank you. I heard that message yesterday and it wrecked me. A clean thank you. It ties to the first, second point. You have, a, you have privilege to, be, to have access to God. You are in the fold of the 99. And you see the, the shepherd going all this way to find the one. And you are thinking, I want to be the one. You want to go back? You want to go to taking milk? When you already start, when you already start breaking bones. Most, most of us have gotten so comfortable and so familiar with God. Because we, have, we are in the 91, 99, we're so comfortable. We forget to say thank you. Thank you that I have access to what most people don't even have access to. We are here, I'm standing on here. You probably, if they open all the windows and the door, they can hear me outside. Some countries you cannot talk about God this loudly. And yet some of us are gotten so comfortable because it seems like a norm and we take for granted the access that we have to community, take for granted the access that we have to God. It's almost like, say, Elijah or Elisha thinking to himself that I want to be like the little prophet or I want to be like Jezebel's younger brother. The more we go in God, the more closer we are in God. Our relationship with God is not like this. It's like this. So why are you craving for down to start all over again? Appreciate the fact that you are in the 99. And say thank you. Say thank you now to God for keeping you in the 99. Say thank you to God right now as I'm speaking for keeping you in the 99. For giving you access to him. For not just not, not coming in at the one hour to the end, but having all of this time to do wonderful things for God. That our crown in heaven might have so much stars. In Jesus' mighty name. I already gave this point. They forgot to say thank you to the estate owners. The f number, f the fifth one. Those who weren't picked till the eleventh hour to wait, not sure if they were going to be picked. Don't give up. You might just be in your eleventh hour. Some of us are almost there. Probably like just a few more steps to go. Can you imagine if these guys had turned back at the tent hour, maybe at 4.30 or 3.30, and like, oh, I've waited. I don't think I'm going to get it. I'm just going to go. Or probably as they were, that's why, that's why I gave the example in the morning, in the, at the beginning, sorry, 
when I talked about the traffic thing. The cars, both, both lanes were probably stopped, and the other one was just moving the lanes, and like, nah, this lane is not going to move, and you change lanes, and then the other one just starts going so fast, and I can't even come back in again. That's how some of us are doing, uh, our, our, our acting towards our request with God. We're almost there, and we think, oh, I've been waiting for too long. I don't think I can do this. And then we change lanes a little too, a little too early, just a little bit. And so there's some people here, just a little bit. It's almost there. The Holy Spirit just brought something to me now. Do not settle for less while you wait. It might look like it. It might sound like it, but it is not it. If you ask God for a car, don't settle for a bicycle because it's moving. I said it at the beginning. I said, faith is believing that God can do it. And so if you're going to wait, wait till you get it. You're just almost there. Just a little bit. But don't settle while you wait. That probably might be for one person here. Don't settle while you wait. You will get it. If you're doing everything right, you will get it. If it is in the will, for, will of God, you will get it. Another point that, thought that came to me was they probably stood actively waiting. What are you doing while you wait? There's, there's a lot of seasons in our life. The waiting season, the time you get it, what you do when you get it, what you do when you lose it. Some of us will lose it and then start asking all over again. It's another topic. But what will you do while you wait for it? How are you waiting for it? Are you waiting with anger? Are you waiting, cursing God out? Or are you actively waiting and preparing for that next season that you're asking for? Those guys probably stood, and maybe the job they were going to do was so active, so probably they're probably working out, trying to live, doing stuff to keep, to at least be able to get the job done. Because I won't employ you one hour to the time, the time, one hour to the closing time, pay you the exact same thing for you to philander and walk around and not do anything. Nah. So they probably had the, the tools to get the job done. They probably had the gifting to get the job done. They probably had the, the talents to get the job done. And so it was easy for the guy to still pay them because they did something. Like I said at the beginning, some of us think our good works will take us to heaven. I think this is this should be our take home because it's weirdly at the end. I said it before, two things that will take you to heaven. Believing in God 
believing that there is a God and believing that God can do it and obeying the will of God, obeying the commandment. Those two things, obedience and belief. I was talking to a friend yesterday and I told her that in heaven, there are also levels in heaven. Some people will get to heaven and be a gate man. There are levels in heaven. You won't tell me you're going to look like Moses when you get to heaven? Sincerely, everybody here tell me that you actually be like Moses when you get to heaven. Like the way Moses probably is right now, you will be like that when you get to heaven. Or Abraham. <laughs> I'm thinking too far. So there are levels in heaven. And that's where our good works come into play. But that does, that's not what's going to take you to heaven. And so these guys thought that it was the amount of hours they had spent that made them different from the last people that were employed one hour to the time. Oh no, grace spoke for them. Don't get carried away with the good works that you think you're doing. You come to church, you spend time in church, you probably even clean the church. You do a lot of stuff, you preach. You do media stuff, and you think that is what qualifies you to go to heaven. That is not it. My topic before the 11th hour was salvation and grace. Grace spoke for them at the last hour. That's why Jesus said, the last will be the first, and the first the last. Many are called, but few are chosen. There's one thing to be called and there's one thing to be chosen. Many of us are called into the Christian work, but a few of us will be chosen to go to heaven. Do you want to be in the chosen or do you want to be in the called? And if you have not given your life to Christ... Like I said at the beginning, and I said when I explained the two things that take you heaven, the one thing is believing. You can't believe in the God that you don't know. You can't believe in the God that you don't serve. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And I tell you, heaven is sweet. I haven't been there, but I know. There's some things you just know. Because I promise you, I have been in the heat. It's not funny. And I love what um, Dara pointed out um, last week and I talked about that Jesus is actually coming soon. We say, okay, um, 10 years ago, 1,000 years ago, we're saying Jesus is coming soon. That means he's getting closer. And he says you come like a thief in the night. The thief does not announce that they are coming. If not, we'll move. Like the ten virgins, the five thought that they had time. Some of us think that we have time. Sincerely, with everything that's been happening the few, past few years, I will not be shocked if Jesus comes tomorrow. I really won't, because we have every sign of the end time is already here. Read Revelations, it's not scary. And so it's, it's, it's important that we make that decision now, not tomorrow. The moment we die, our Jesus has come. The people that died with COVID, they, 
probably were planning 10 years from today, 20 years from today, what makes them different from us? We have grace speaking for us, but how long will grace speak for us? And so please, let's bow down our heads. If you know you've not given your life to Christ, and when I say not giving your life to Christ, you don't have access to the Heavenly Father. Straight access through Jesus Christ. You know that if Jesus comes today, you're not going to be with Jesus or with God at the right side, worshiping like with the 24 elders and worshiping with the angels. Raise up your hands. Jesus said that if you, if you are ashamed of me on earth, I will be ashamed of you in front of my Heavenly Father. But he said if you can boast of me on earth, I would boast of you with my Heavenly Father. When we get to Jesus, when we get to heaven, you're only known by your name, not by the name of your father or your neighbor. It's you and your decisions. And so if you're not giving life to Christ online or in person, just raise up your right hand and boast of this family that you're about to get into, which is the best family that ever existed. If you're also online, just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you even as a, as a child, as a daughter, as a son. I want to know you. I want to know of you. I want to know about you. I want to know more of you. Wash me clean. Take away my sins. And give me access to you. I believe that you died for me. And on the third day, you rose again that I might be saved. I love you, Lord, and I thank you. Thank you, King of Glory. When Jesus might name we pray. Let's celebrate those who join the family. And um may we quickly be on our feet. We're gonna pray one prayer point. And the prayer is this Father, I want to know you more. That's it. We're not praying for anything. Because I, the Lord told me this week that we need to get to a point where we love God in spite of the things that has not been done. That we love him not because of what he has given us or what he has not given us, but just because. And so we're going to ask that the Lord will allow us, give us that grace to know him more. To know more about the, what is in this word of God. And to ask that the Holy Spirit will teach us and give us what we need for the season that we are in right now. The waiting season, the having season, the losing season, the having again season. Father, we want to know you more. Father, we want to know you more. That's all we want just you we don't want the, the things that we don't want the gifts we don't want anything in our sicknesses in our diseases in our in our sadness in our sorrow we just want you in our waiting we want you we don't care if we get it we just want you Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 
817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.